the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show Hour Two. We're going to lighten things up a little bit on hour two of tonight's Andrea K show because hour one was rough. I ain't going to lie to y'all. Y'all know I keep it straight up. I mean, it was it, there was some good stuff that we talked about in terms of uh, Vivek Ramaswamy doing a good job in the debate of getting some truth out to the American people of the issues we face as a GOP. Uh, because we, th- this is the whole point of a debate, right? Is that we get the issues out there and we debate within our party now in the primary as to where we should be, we should be going in terms of these very serious policy issues. If you missed uh, last hour, we also, uh, were discussing a shocking story that broke today that had to do with the United States government seemingly, uh, <sighs> Not only not uh, stopping the, uh, I, 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 I'm trying to hedge my words here, but uh, download the podcast if you missed last hour. We talked about how the U.S. government obviously seemingly ignored intelligence and actually tipped off the media who were embedded with Hamas. So definitely if you missed last hour, download the podcast. Email me at andreakeshow.com, andreakeshow.com. Joining me this hour and every hour Keeping it light, but also really good for you with the lots of the vitamins and nutrients that you need. It's DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame Broccolini. It's hard out here sometimes for a broccolini, but then in other times it's really good. You know, I don't know. I just, uh... It's it's and we got some tough news today, but um, I'm trying to I'm trying to weather through it, weather through the storm, you know, because um, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what we do, right? We do it every night. We have to. That's what we do. We got a and, job to you do. Know, we, we try to we try to make that vegetable even a little bit yummier going down, <laughs> uh, and so that's what we do here. Okay, I don't know if anything's going to make it go down easier to have to see these images. Uh, we knew that this. A alleged judge presiding over the Trump New York City fraud trial was a fraud. We knew he was a wacko. We could tell that from the hair, right? I mean, who goes around in public looking like that? Uh, But now we find out that this dude is just a new version of Geraldo, not even just a new version of Geraldo Rivera, but what is it with these old Democrat creeps who take pictures of themselves shirtless and send them around to people? Right. Biden's Joe Biden's brother, James Biden, took pictures of himself with naked selfies, sending them around. Geraldo Rivera did. And now we find out Judge Engeron did. And he not only sent these pictures of himself around, he sent them (laughs) 
to his high school alumni group. <laughs> That's going to be now, a fun reunion. <laughs> what, what, yeah, but let me ask you this. Did that include just people from his year? Or did, did that include all the high school alumni? And did even current high school students be able to see those? Because then we might not just have a Judge Nudie situation going on, as Jesse Waters called him. But might we have a Judge Nudie pedo situation going on here, Sesame? I actually don't know. I, I mean, this at this point, this guy's been called. People are asking for him to be disbarred, uh, which is fair enough. And when you look at this kind of stuff, which I don't recommend for anybody, uh, <laughs> I've had to suffer. Uh, and if you guys want to suffer, too, a little bit, then fine. Um, but please, nobody wants to see this. This guy should have been keep, keep it to yourself, man, if you're listening, judge, whatever. Um, <laughs> and how can the New York Bar Character and Fitness Committee stand by a clown like this you know you just gotta wonder this is the guy that's supposed to be running our criminal justice system this is one of our trusted taxpayer yeah seriously this guy's uh his priorities are mixed up he's clearly partisan um but he also seems kind of like a perv i don't know yeah i mean what kind of judgment this is man who's right now supposed to be sitting in judgment over a former president of the united states and a $250 million fraud trial in which they seek to completely destroy this man's entire livelihood and, and the entire business that he built up because the goal is to remove his ability to operate by taking away his licenses. And this is who's presiding over it? Not to mention the fact that his wife, Wifey Poo, has been tweeting out. Um, she also tweeted out not just in general, all kinds of anti-Trump Nazi, you know, really far left kooky stuff, but she actually tweeted it in response to a tweet from our, one of our very own here at Salem, Seb Gorka. Now, Laura Loomer captured, she has since taken her, her account on X private, but Laura Loomer, you know, Loomer, she's going to keep all the receipts. So she's got all the receipts on it. On top of it, she's got the receipts that this guy had his son who is involved in some shady Democrat stuff in the courtroom throughout it. So there is a lot of serious grounds, and not just for a mistrial here, but also for dis- disbarment of this creep, because you've got to be seriously lacking in judgment when you've involved your family in all of this. Um, and you're, but most importantly, you're a, a perv sending, you know, nudie selfies to your high school peeps. I mean, on a serious tip, that's that's disturbing, is it not? Yeah, it's actually very disturbing. And I do wonder, is there some, how do I say this nicely, some sort of mental health illness issue? <laughs> I mean, this guy seems kind of a little bit sociopathic. Am I wrong? I, I don't know. I just honestly, like on, on, a, on a very real note, I don't even, I'm not even playing around here. Um, so it's, it's, this guy seems disturbed. I don't know. I think well, yeah. there's. I think he's battling with some real demons. Um, and one part of me says, let's let's pray for the repose of his soul, um, and that he because you can always repent and turn to God. Um, but also, I, I just don't know. I mean, he just seems twisted. His wife, we know, is a rabid anti-Trump, anti-MAGA activist um, with her own social media antics as well. So this is a very weird relationship with very. How do you, how do you say it politely? Is it derange? Is it Trump derangement syndrome? Is it they just love being? They just love the attention? Is it narcissism? Well, well, I think what it is is it's a combination of the Trump derangement syndrome. If you look at liberalism in general, it's these these are people that do have a mental ill. You know, it's like uh, savage 
uh, Michael Savage said it years ago in, on his radio show at the time. He said uh, liberalism is a mental disorder. It is one steeped in anger, steeped in envy, steeped in hatred. It's ult- liberalism is ult- ultimately where li- where uh, liberalism is li- where liberty goes to die because at the end of the day, it's about an in a, a, a psychopathic. Uh, a need to completely control and beat people into submission. And so what Donald Trump represents is freedom. That's why they hate him. They hate him so much and they hate all of us. And ultimately it, it, it's actually an expression of self-hatred. I don't need to go all, you know, a Sigmund Freud on you, but it, it reminds me of the manifesto from the trans shooter. That trans shooter shot up nine-year-old kids talking about their sexual parts and using a pejorative used for gay people on nine-year-olds and, and her anti-whiteness, what she killed them representing her own self-hatred. And of course it was a suicide mission as well. So, I mean, it's, this is what's going on in this country. And what's funny though, is that here's Yahoo news today. Here's an article in response to all this. Here's the headline from Yahoo finance. Trump posts weird story that accuses judge Arthur Engeron of posting bare chested photos. They go on to say that there's no evidence that it, uh, the story claims with no evidence that the pictures are of Engeron. So now they're trying to claim Ingeron, who has showed a healthy sense of humor from the bench, has said Trump is free to criticize him. So now the gas, the gaslighting of this whole story now is you're not supposed to believe your own eyes that that's actually Ingeron in the pictures. Yeah, you just can't make it up. You can't make it up. And on top of all of that, they have to come over here with the gag orders and all of this mm-hmm. for somebody. Uh, and of course, it's happening right as the election is getting going, of course, um, they waited years to do this until they had this exact moment because they want the optics. They want to poison the well against Trump. And all while they're also protecting Biden in our tyranny. Yeah. You, you well, can get away with crimes if you're friends with the regime. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. you can be made into a criminal if you challenge their authority. That right there is the death of America and everything that the founding fathers fought for and mm-hmm. created and died for ultimately um, their life's work and the life work of our ancestors. We worked so hard to have one place on the earth where we could have self-government innocence until proven guilty separation of powers, checks and balances, some sense of law and order. And now it's just being weaponized. It's not even banana Republic. It's worse than that. Um, it is. And you know, um, and there, there is nothing uh, no story coming out of the courts uh, that symbolizes how far our DOJ has gone. Uh, people think of DOJ as the attorney general, but these courts are part of our Department of Justice. They're part of our justice system. And when you have a former president dragged into court over a claim uh, that he defrauded when there was no victims. And it's just, I mean, literally, it's just persecuting and prosecuting him. And the judge presiding over it hates him. And, and his whole family is trying to, is, is in the process of trying to profit off of it. Because I think the son is somehow involved in some money-making scheme involving the Democrat Party. And, and you've got the judge like this sending out pervy pics. I mean, this is just, this is this the perfect metaphor for what's happening in this country. And speaking of gag orders, there's nothing that, that will make you gag more 
than seeing a picture of this dude in the gym and these shirtless pics. I mean, just absolutely disgusting uh, that. But that's what the Democrat Party is all about. Pervy, um, pedophiles, no, uh, you know, hating everything America and every symbol of freedom that we have. They're completely unhinged. Um, but there is some good news coming out, particularly for us and for Trump. And I, I don't think this little story has gotten any play in the legacy media. And we're going to talk about it. When we come back. What is the one identity group that the Democrat relies on, counts on and has to continue to vote for them in order to keep their power structure at play? We're going to talk about that when we come back. So don't go away. This is the Andrea Kasia on AM 1170, FM 96.1 and streaming all over the world. K, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Continuing on with the show, I was super excited to bring on these next guests, and I was that I was actually 15 minutes too early. They're coming up in the next segment. We're going to be talking about the identity group that the Democrats uh, keep in their back pocket. And I'll give you a little hint. Keep on the plantation and take for granted. And now they're moving towards Donald Trump. And we've got a couple of great guests going to be on to talk about that and, and how the black vote is going to be really key in 2024. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we, we know that uh, as the Democrats continue to take that group of voters for granted, they're working really hard to expand the identity group of the transgenders in this country through a variety of different means from indoctrinating children in schools to transgenderism, as well as to exposing children to drag queens and recruiting them into drag. And there's a couple of key stories tonight that are really disturbing, one of which is a six-year-old drag queen. I don't even know if you've heard this story, Sesame Broccolini. The video went viral because it involves uh, libs of TikTok put, push it out, put, put out the video today saying Vice just ran a piece. You can find it on uh, libs of TikTok, however you might follow them, about a six-year-old drag queen, his parents... Mom and dad say that he knew since he was four that he wanted to do, quote, adult themed entertainment. He was taught as a toddler to dress up as a girl and he performs provocatively sexually to adults and goes up as they hand him cash tips. This video literally makes me sick to my stomach, Sesame Broccolini. This is child abuse. This is grooming him for pedophilia this is grooming him to be gay and it, it's it's I, I i can't even believe that these parents are allowed to do this and not be thrown into jail your thoughts i well i would like to see them thrown into prison um truly because this is so sick and it is demonic and it is twisted 
because children are innocent and a child's mind in many ways is a blank canvas and you teach them the difference between what is right and what is wrong. You show them how to be a good citizen. You live by example and we are setting a terrible example for kids and we are brainwashing generations of them and all so that we can validate the feelings of adults who are sick mentally. We are ruining, perverting, corrupting children, robbing them of everything, sterilizing them, chopping up their bodies um, in modern medical institutions just so that we can validate the feelings of adults who deal with gender dysphoria. This is so disgusting and self-serving. I would love to see these parents parents thrown in prison. Absolutely, because you you don't as a toddler naturally start gyrating around sexually. No, you don't. He was put in front of watching RuPaul and other drags. This is why they want your kids to see drag queens, because they want to expand this perversion. They want to normalize it, and ultimately the plan is to normalize sex with children. That's why they use terms like minor attracted persons. That's why they want P to be added to LBGTQ. And even more disturbing today is how this is being normalized in the church. And there's actually a report that's come out uh, that the Catholic Church now is going to be baptizing trans people. Uh, Tell us about this story, Sesame Broccolini. I don't, I haven't (laughs) looked into it as much as I would like to. Because it's hard for me to read about this. It's as a, as a, I I don't even want to play the Catholic card because yeah, I was born and raised and baptized Catholic and it's a big part of my life. But even setting that aside just on, on every single level, this is so disgusting. I don't, to watch an institution that is solely created to serve the Lord, sit there and serve the devil with this kind of pandering is just so absurd it's only would you see this in the post-christian west where the liberals have to say we don't just want you to tolerate us we want to see all of your traditions and cultures and institutions reflect our Mm -hmm. values the the leftists have completely gutted they are gutting the catholic church and filling it with radical activists who are very very mushy on all of the most important moral issues that we're dealing with today. And I hope that other Catholic priests will speak out and condemn this. I hope that other parishes will speak out and condemn this because there is a war on our children, but it's also Mm -hmm. about a war on God and what is good. And they're using the church to do the devil's work. So, um, yeah, this, this makes my stomach turn, um, in painful ways. Yeah, the tra- uh, the Vatican said trans people can be baptized in church and be godparents. Um, why uh, the Vatican adds though that there must be quote no situations in which there is risk of generating a public scandal. This is the public scandal, Vatican. This is the public scandal. The purpose of the baptism, the the you're you're put down in water and 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 I I was raised Christian and um, which. Um, some people think is different from Catholic, you, you know, it, we're supposed to accept Jesus Christ as our savior. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know if the baptism experience is the same, but in Baptist churches or Christian churches, you get submerged in water and you get brought back up. Right. And it's supposed to symbolize being your sinful nature, being washed away. 
What, with accepting Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that we're no longer sinners, but what it means is we're supposed to be a new creature in Christ. And we're supposed to not be living in sin. We're supposed to be picking up the staff and, and, and walking with Jesus as a Christian. Jesus did not break bread. When he broke bread with people, they changed. He didn't. You're supposed to, you know, not be in sin. And and now, uh, and so why would, would the Vatican be doing this? Because it's about communism. This is the cultural Marxist movement. This Pope is a, is a communist. And the way to usher in communism is by destroying the fabric of Judeo-Christian principles and values and ideals. That's ultimately what this is about. And this transgender movement is the Trojan horse to completely destroy Western civilization. And there will ultimately be. And and then this takes me back to this argument people have had with me about the Democrats partnering with the Islamic terrorists because they ain't going on board with this. So what's happening is in the short term, there is uh, the communists are partnering with the Islamists, which is why the Vatican also, in addition to, uh, you know, uh, what? partnering with the trans people is also partnering with the Islamist right now it's all fine and dandy, but in the end, the clash right now, it's a clash of communism versus freedom. Uh, in the end, it's going to ultimately be a clash um, to where the Islamists are going to say uh, everybody else out of the boat. That's where this is going. Do you agree? Sesame broccoli. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, a lot of these, you, you see these groups like Queers for Palestine. With all mm-hmm. due respect, you folks are the useful idiots that Joseph yep. Stalin was affectionately referring to. <laughs> I mean, you are. And they so will happily the use you to carry their water up until the point that they have a commanding control, one-party state caliphate, whatever it is. And then once they have complete control of the throne, they will execute you. Um, it's exactly what Just Che Guevara like did. Right. Everyone thought Che Guevara was some mm-hmm. social justice warrior. No, he wasn't. He was a commie radical um, and a violent man who immediately turned on all of the people that helped him overthrow the government um, and stage his revolution. So, and Castro's revolution. So, you, it's so ironic to see modern day leftists chanting, you know, and cheering for these people that would happily create a world in which they can't exist if they could. Mm hmm. Yeah, and you know what? They'll kill the vat, and in the end, it's they're going to be uh, the useful idiots. Will also be Catholics and Christians and anybody else. You know, like for example, the we don't know the identity of the person who killed the synagogue director. Remember that story? And here she had been working on programs to try to bridge the gap between Jews and Muslims. Why is it, they've got the suspect in custody? But why has that identity of that person not been revealed? Because there is no compatibility between Jews and Christians and Catholics and the Islamists. We're the infidel. That's the bottom line in the end. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring on, we are going to discuss, uh, there's an interesting new poll out uh, that has to do with Trump is actually leading Biden in the vote, the voting block of men who are people, men of color. And we're going to discuss that with um, Chris Pilkerton, who has written a book on the subject about black people winning, being the key vote in 2024. Stay tuned. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back to tonight's Andrew K. Show. It is Friday Eve. Rolling into our final half hour of the show tonight. Save the best almost for last. We've got two more segments here. I, I, I teased this out earlier. I'm super excited over these poll numbers um, because, you know, back who remembers back in 2016 when Donald Trump said to African-Americans, he said, what do you have to lose? We're coming off of eight years of the first black president in the United States of America, and the conditions for black people in this country are no better, if not worse, than they were before Barack Obama took office. And Donald Trump got a bigger portion of the black vote than ever, I believe, for any Republican in history. And then sure enough, during his four years, we had the best economic revival, particularly for people of color in this country. We had um, the lowest unemployment for African-Americans and other uh, other people of color in this country. We had through opportunity zones. We had a, a large upstart in Black-owned businesses uh, through his opportunity zones and more. Who knows where uh, Black Americans might be, uh, as well as other people of color, had he been able to take the next term. But that has not stopped. Them. They haven't forgotten President Trump. In fact, there's a new poll out that says that President Trump is leading Joe Biden by three points among men of color, 49, I believe, uh, to 46, which is just absolutely shocking to me. Um, here to discuss it, uh, to discuss the is the marriage between blacks and the Democrat Party coming to an end is Chris Pilkerton. He and his co-author have written the book called Underserved, Harnessing the Principles of Lincoln's Vision for Reconstruction for Today's Forgotten Communities. Hi, Chris Pilkerton. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Were you surprised with this poll that has come out? Because I was. So uh, I was I was surprised at how high it was and certainly coming from New York Times and CNN, you know, uh, not necessarily something you would necessarily think would be consistent with kind of the, the Trump polling. But I've been hearing anecdotally from uh, so many folks in the African-American community that a lot of the things that we did in the Trump administration from a policy perspective really resonated. And they resonated from the perspective of not just the things that you talked about, right, the, the pocketbook issues of low unemployment and small business upstarts. And obviously you talked a, a bit about uh, opportunity zones and, and the impact they had. But it really was about a lot of the cultural issues that in the past hadn't been addressed. Um, and so I think th those issues were, were really important to the, to the black community and they continue to be. And at the end of the day, when you look at what's happening to the cities, when you look at kind of crime going rampant, when you look at small business owners having to deal with, you know, break ins and, and, and loitering and all these different folks that are, that are coming in, people realize that, look, this was an administration that focused on opportunities for folks first and foremost right regardless of the color mm -hmm. of their skin but also you know law and order and um and obviously from the faith-based perspective there was a lot of things that the president focused on and a lot of freedoms that the president focused on and you know in in the book um that that you mentioned underserved we talk a lot about this opportunity for all approach was very consistent with what president's lincoln vision was for reconstruction, which, of course, 
he never got to. Um, but but in short, yeah, I, I think these are exciting numbers, and I think um, it's going to make this race incredibly exciting. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you, you didn't mention that I believe was one of the reasons why uh, the African-American movement you know, started moving towards him in 2016 was the border and and possibly now the border. I don't know if that continues to be an issue, but look, the African-American community actually started peeling off towards Republicans in 2014 because at that point, Barack Obama had done nothing for the African-American community. And f- instead, he actually was was importing all the, quote, unaccompanied minors who were taking their jobs. And so and now the border situation is even far worse than what it was uh, during Barack Obama, they know that 10 million have come here and they're taking their jobs. Right. Not to mention the yeah. fact that I, I, I have to imagine that this might include some of the blacks that I've seen in the Chicago area that are absolutely furious over what the locals are doing in Chicago with uh, housing and all these programs, giving all these illegal aliens a place to live and food and cell phones and this and that while they're struggling to take care of their own families. Do you agree that the border is, is a key issue here? Well, I absolutely do. I mean, I, I agree the border is a key issue, you know, regardless of the topic. But this, this is what, you, what you're saying is, is absolutely right. And there's historical precedent for this. Let's go back to the 1950s, 1960s, where you had this huge upswing in employment for the African-American community, particularly in the South, in the textile industry. Um, where I think believe it was about 20% of all the textile jobs um, were with, with African-Americans. And when you started to get kind of the Clinton era policies of globalization, so much of that was outsourced and then those jobs went away. So you're starting to see kind of the, you know, the inverse policy of that. There, there's folks coming in. Um, and obviously I think everyone agrees that that legal immigration is a good thing. But when folks are coming in and taking jobs from people and taking away opportunities um, in a way that's not consistent with with the government framework, that that definitely presents an issue. And I think a lot of folks are focused on that now. Absolutely. We're talking to Chris Pilkerton. He and his co-author wrote the book Underserved, Harnessing the Principles of Lincoln's Vision for Reconstruction for Today's Forgotten Communities. I don't want to just focus on the African-American vote, by the way, because Trump held his rally in Hialeah, Florida yesterday, and he spoke a lot to Cuban-Americans. And the poll numbers address all men of color. And I think that one of the things might be consistent, too, culturally, is that, um, you know, is faith. And the Cubans, uh, you know, and uh, the, quote, brown people or people of faith, as well as the African-American community. These are communities that are not really on board with this whole Latin X and this whole transgender crap that's going on. Agree? I I, I do agree. And I think, you know, this this goes back to sort of what the Democratic Party has taken for granted. Right. This poll is important because. It's starting to realize that, look, not only can Republicans make headway in this space, but there's legitimate reasons for these communities to want to become part of the Republican Party. And I think that we, we make this point in the book that over the course of different types of programs, there's this sort of awful cycle of dependency that's, that's developed. And people have been forced to continue to vote for Democrats for years and years. And the Democrats can very easily say, well, we're going to throw money at this problem. And folks are, have to choose between, well, should I decide I can get that government program 
versus, you know, the, the upside of, of the opportunity that I could be engaged in by taking on a particular job or starting my own small business. And I think what, what President Trump did was said, look, let's unleash economic opportunity. So whether it was through the tax cuts, whether it was through the pledge to the American workers, where you had dozens of the top CEOs of across the country come in and say, look, we're going to identify, I think, believe it was up to 16 million jobs that were identified and training opportunities were presented, which, by the way, didn't cost the American people anything, right? It was the convening mm-hmm. power of the White House to bring those people together. So we make the point in the book that a true public-private partnership is a good thing, particularly for these underserved communities and communities of color, as you mentioned. You know, absolutely. And, you know, I, I will never forget when he had after... Uh, I don't know how long he was in office, but the easing of the regulations as well as the lower taxation, he had an event at the White House in which he brought forward all these people of color who had received bonuses, promotions, uh, because the con- the companies were able to invest in research and development and then promote mm-hmm. from within and then all the and then all the new business startups because of the opportunity zones. And one of the things that Donald Trump, he never pandered to the African-American community. He understood that they are, they have as much an entrepreneurial spirit as anybody else in this country, right? And he tapped into that and and and, and just provided opportunity for them. Um, I want to bring in my partner in crime here, Sesame Broccolini, because during the break he had some comments I think that had to do with Lincoln's vision for Reconstruction, and I and I, I have a feeling you have a question or comment here, Sesame Broccolini. Yeah, there's a whole a whole lot that I'm really interested in, but one of these, you know. I think one of the big themes here is that there is finally, at least to some extent, a sort of awakening going on um, with Mm -hmm. many American voters who start to realize these politicians are happy to pay lip service and, you know, focus on these pious platitudes and, and make these empty promises about reinvesting in infrastructure and rebuilding the middle class of America and lowering costs. But the truth is they're setting us up for failure. And, and that's across the board for all the taxpayers, um, regardless of where you come from or what you look like or how you live your life. Um, and I'm just wondering, is this maybe the, the, the start of a sort of political realignment in this country? I mean, is that what you're seeing? Because what I'm seeing is there is a sort of, I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen here, but it feels like an old party is finally starting to to keel over, basically. And there's there's a lot of people who are looking for a new political home. And Donald Trump got a lot of people interested in politics when they otherwise were not. And that's because he Absolutely. spoke about these issues of being forgotten, being uh, completely disregarded, um, especially folks in flyover country in middle America, the hardworking farmers of this country. So I, I don't know. Where, where do you see this going? I guess is my big question. Is it a political realignment? Is it a big awakening? Is it uh, electoral changes on the ground? Is it what should we be looking for going forward? I think it's a combination of all of those things. And it goes back to what the core of the Republican Party was meant. In the book, we talk about conservative thinkers like Alexis de Tocqueville and Edmund yeah. Burke. And Edmund Burke has this great line, hypocrisy can afford to be magnificent in its promises. <laughs> and that's what the Democratic Party has been, right? We'll give you absolutely yeah. everything. Well, what, what I believe President Trump did is I'm going to set the stage, set the circumstances for opportunity. You know, everyone's got to sort of, you know, work themselves up. But the idea is that, yes, you want to lift yourself up by your own bootstraps, but sometimes government can play a role, but it shouldn't be there 
forever. It's got to engage with the private sector and really find those opportunities. And, and so to the point that you made, what's going to happen? Well, the way Jaron and I view this is what can happen is what reconstruction wasn't. And I know we're talking about all communities of color here, but it's really about opportunities for everyone. And that failed during reconstruction for a whole host of, of political and, and other reasons. But, but we think that that can happen now. So we put together a bipartisan plan in the book and we discuss this about how we can move forward together. And I think that plan will not just help these communities, but it'll help all underserved communities and realize that we're all in this together. Well, they certainly need that in New Orleans. One of the things that you, where I'm from, and, you know, I don't know if you've ever been down there. It's a little bit different post-Katrina, but I got to see firsthand uh, what the the entire playbook for what they want for the entire country to look like and how how devastating it is to communities to be taken from one plantation and put into another in the form of entitlement programs, uh, government run housing. We're going to put you here and we're going to we're going to give you money here. And, ta- and all I did was keep them down and keep them oppressed. And uh, opportunity doesn't sound as good on a bumper sticker. It doesn't sound as good in a campaign. But let me tell you, that's how you that's how you lift people up out of poverty. That's how you make things better for the next generation. It's what made this country the greatest country in the face of the world. And the opposite of that is what is in the process of destroying it. And um, I'm, I'm, but I'm excited for where, because there is a clash going on. There is a reawakening going on. And I don't know that the Biden administration is going to be able, once people get a little taste of what, you know, opportunity means and what it can do for them, they're just going to want more of it. And I think that that's where we're at today. Chris Pilkerton, author of Underserved, Harnessing the Principles of Lincoln's Vision for Reconstruction for Today's Forgotten Communities. Thank you for being here tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we got more to talk about, so don't you go anywhere. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Finishing up this hour, second hour in the entire Andrea K. Show tonight is why don't we talk about the oldest living profession? Um, and you might be thinking prostitution. Oh, you could also replace that with politician. What's the difference, right? In fact, we've got a story that kind of involves both. Uh, three people were arrested for allegedly operating a, quote, sophisticated high-end brothel in Virginia and Massachusetts that catered to um, what is allegedly uh, elected officials and government contractors with security clearances and the Department of Justice. The ones that were arrested were Han Lee, 41, James Lee, 68, of Torrance, California, and Jumi Young Lee of Massachusetts. They were charged with conspiracy to coerce and entice to to travel to engage in illegal sexual activity, the DOJ said. Um, This was an interstate prostitution network that had multiple brothels in Cambridge and Watertown, Mass., in D.C., in Fairfax, Tyson's Corner, Virginia, 
Um, the DOJ did not identify any of the high-powered clients, but said, quote, the investigation into the involvement of sex buyers is active and ongoing. We are never going to get the names, right? Any more than we're going to get the names for Epstein's, uh, you know, uh, users and the pedos there. Your thoughts, Sesame? Oh, well, yeah, there's... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot here, um, but the swamp just keeps getting bigger and bigger and deeper and deeper. Apparently, this was also big tech executives, big pharma executives, Ooh. lawyers, and and I don't know if there were doctors or astronauts in there too. And apparently, it's like doctors, military officers, yeah. Uh-huh. And I guess they were charging somewhere between six hundred to eight hundred dollars an hour, and they were doing this in luxury apartments that were between fifty five and fifty eight hundred a month. Um, so this is, wow. it's, and this is hilarious to me because it wasn't that long ago that Madison Cawthorn went on the, the poet warriors yep. podcast and blew the whistle on all of it. He came, he came out later and said, I may have exaggerated slightly in some dimensions, but overall there is sort of a, a chaotic dark underbelly to the people in DC. The swamp likes to yeah. party. They like drugs. They like alcohol and they like to have fun yep. on our dime. Um, so it's. It's not surprising, but it is interesting because this is this is a sort of thing that binds them all together. This sort of debauchery, <laughs> degeneracy—they yeah. won't rat on each other, um, and that's why when Madison Cawthorn came out, Kevin McCarthy was like, "He's a liar. He's a liar. Don't oh, yeah. listen to a word he has to say." Kevin, I don't listen to a word you have to say. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, to me. he came out with some dopey statement today. In fact, I pulled a. Uh, a clip of it um, where he said, oh, you know, the Republican Party, you know, we just got to do some healing before we can go on to serve. Yeah, your idea of healing is to put anybody, uh, the, those of us that are part of MAGA through some struggle sessions until we come around and, <laughs> uh, you know, and continue to re-embrace the Uniparty here. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, from Epstein Island to this brothel situation, I mean, there's, I mean, this explains so much, doesn't it, of why the Republican Party drags their feet and does these phony investigations, because they're all in it together, whether we're talking about the nasty sex stuff or whether we're talking about being on the grift uh, selling off their offices for money, money laundering through Ukraine, um, leaving their high-powered position like Nikki Haley broke and bankrupt to go and get a high-powered gig with the, with some defense contractor and suddenly they're millionaires. This, you know, we little peasants aren't supposed to know what this is all about. That's why they've got their fund, right, where they pay off sexual harassment claims using taxpayer money, we have no idea what the claims are and, and who, you know, committed the, the act. Right. Um, we're never going to know. We're never going to know. Um, Glaine Maxwell should be, you know, look, she's going to die in jail. If I was her, I'd be like, you know, I might as well go, go early. Here's the names. Here's who it was. And maybe some of these, maybe some of these three that were arrested here are going to start talking. That's what I want to see. What about you? I mean, that's what I would like to see. Um, I'd like a whistleblower. I love a whistleblower. Um, so please, if you're out there listening and, and you're uh, in on this or you have information, please. <laughs> well, what's the what? I know we're running out of time. Yeah, yeah. How likely is it that James Comey from House Oversight Committee is yep. going to launch an investigation in this? <laughs> <laughs> your laugh just gave me your answer, my dude. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right, you guys, we're out of time for this Friday Eve edition. We'll see you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Email me, andreacasio.com. Don't forget our podcast. Follow me and Sesame Broccolini on all the socials. He's at Sesame, DJ Sesame B over on X. See you tomorrow. Peace out. Keep your head on a swivel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.